Welcome to Gender Meowster Podcast Network. Genderful is a talk show featuring non-binary and trans folks discussing various topics and special interests. We kindly remind our listeners that no person is a monolith of identities. All opinions are the speaker's own. This show airs live on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash gender meowster and VODs with show notes can also be found on YouTube. Content warnings for this episode include dysphoria, transphobia, mental health, being misgendered, and possibly religion. So hi everyone, I'm Gender Master. I use they, them pronouns, and I will let my wonderful guest introduce himself. Hey everyone, my name is Dominic. I also go by Dom or Nick or Trans Guy Energy. I use he, him pronouns, and I'm very happy to be here. Welcome in, Dom. It's so nice to finally have you on the show. I know, we've been planning this for a while. <laughs> I'm like happy puppy excited that you're here. <laughs> Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So for those listening to this later who don't get the benefit of seeing your really cool hairdo and shirt, could you describe your look today for everybody? Of course. Happy to. So my hair is split dyed. So it's like half black, a quarter green and a quarter pink, like magenta-ish. And I'm wearing a button up black polo with like Hawaiian kind of bowler stripe thing happening. Very trans dad chic. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Except I'm not a dad. It's okay. I'm a dad, but I didn't have any kids. I have stuff. There you kids. go. Yeah, there you go. You can be a dad without birthing babies. Very true. I'm wearing my Move I'm They t-shirt. Love it. Because it's fun and it's really hot here today. So I don't want to wear my flannels that make me look very <laughs> handsome. You also have a trans flag on your chair, which is super cool. I do. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. You, I feel like trans flags feature pretty heavily in your streams when you do have streams. They're like, everywhere. Yeah. That's so good. You also have your mustache that's so good looking. Thank you. I do yeah. fill in my mustache. Everyone can have this look if they desire. Oh my gosh, that's so good. <laughs> Do you just use mascara or is there special mustache filling in stuff? So I do dye my facial hair with, it, it's called Just For Men. It's mm -hmm. a like a facial hair dye. But usually to get this dark, I'll do the brown mascara. It's so cool. nice. Oh my gosh, so cool. I haven't leveled up to that level yet. I look forward <laughs> to getting there one day. But yeah, oh gosh. Ah, it's so good to see you. All I can think about right now is how you're constantly posting thirst traps on every social media I follow you on. Listen, <laughs> okay, what I like to tell people is, look, it took me a long time to love the way I look. Yeah. So now that I do as a trans man, I'm going to shove it in your face. I love it. I got a pirate outfit this weekend. And it has this thing right here where it does the little crossing with the lacy things. Oh. And I was trying to pull it open more so my new chest hair could show through. <laughs> Love it. I, th okay. I think I'm going to wear my pirate costume for my stream anniversary next week. Because why not? That would be awesome. Yeah. I would love to see it. Sexy gay pirate. Who doesn't want to yes. see that? <laughs> Everyone dream come true sexy gay pirate so funny oh my gosh okay let's talk about the questions i wrote down because otherwise we'll just sit here and talk about how great everybody looks the whole time which is also I mean, fine we can do that. not what we're here for 
<laughs> True. Okay. So I have a couple of sort of gender history questions to get us kicked off. I ask all of my guests these questions. Yeah. So what are some things that you can trace back to your youth that indicated you might be trans one day? What were the early warning signs of this sheer awesomeness that you are? I feel as a lot of gender diverse people do, you start unfolding things over time that you never realized were there the entire time. I've been doing a lot of that at least past couple of months. For example, the first song I ever learned on guitar was called Lonely Boy by the Black Keys. The lyrics say, I got a love that keeps me waiting. I'm a lonely boy. And I didn't make the connection when I first started learning guitar because I was like, oh, it's just a song that I really like. I really vibe with it. I wonder why I vibe with it. <laughs> probably because I'm a lonely boy. So that was definitely an earlier sign. That was probably like in my teens though. Before that, I would say the general need to not dress femme was pretty clear from the start. And I only started dressing femme later on, like in my late teens, early twenties. And that was just overcompensating for some stuff. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of signs, though. I like to play with knives with my mm. best friend, who is a guy. We would throw, like, butter knives and nice. try to get them to stick out of the ground like they were ninja throwing stars. Nice. So I was always, like, the hero in my, like, imaginary play as a kid. I wasn't doing tea parties and weddings. I was, like, fighting stuff. <laughs> yeah, that and, like, for some reason, whenever we were playing Barbies with the neighbors, I was always Ken and... Yeah. The connection nice. was just never made. <laughs> the connection was never made. Oh, I saw the puns coming. <laughs> Neither of us is straight, but it does take a straight man to set up a joke like that. <laughs> There's a little bit of straight in there somewhere, uh, I guess. It's, it's a stripe. It's just one core. It's the pink stripe, right? <laughs> On the That's side. Fun. That part. <laughs> so totally. Dom, how has your relationship to gender evolved over time? You went from person learning this on the guitar to this handsome man you are today. How did you get to where you are? It was a seriously interesting journey. I took a little bit longer than some folks, according to the young generation of trans folks. I didn't come out until I was 25, which was last year, 24 technically. But I, I was identifying as non-binary before that because I knew I just didn't quite fit the cis woman or just femme mold really in any way. Like I was talking about earlier, I was definitely overcompensating in certain ways, but I just didn't feel like that was actually who I really was. Yeah. So I started off obviously cis woman and then moved over to non-binary using they, them pronouns for a while. And then I eventually came to terms with being at least transmasculine. And at that point I came out as transmask, started using he, they pronouns. Then I realized oh, I'm not transmask, I'm a trans man. Like I was supposed to be a man this whole time. I've always been a man and I just now figured it out. It just took me a little bit more time than a few other people. But it's been an interesting journey. And I feel like every, every month or so I'm learning more and more about my gender and how it relates to my sexuality and it's a roller coaster big yeah. time yeah i hear you testosterone does weird things to a person's sexuality side I, note if nobody told side you note, if no one told you, you get more gay or straight than you were before <laughs> yeah i really when i first started tea i was set in my ways i am never ever dating another man ever in my whole life i can't do it i could just never see it happen 
I want to say three months in. <laughs> you were like, wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess not. <laughs> it's so real, though. And we got to talk about it. So then when all the other people who start tea are like having weird dreams, it's what's happening. You just, you're still gay. You're just a gay man yeah. instead of a gay woman. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or pan. Yeah. Some flavor. Something fruity because it's true. Like... I think testosterone really allowed me to be more at home in my own body. And then it allowed, it opened a door for me with my sexuality because I felt more confident, more comfortable. Yeah. So I felt like being attracted to a man is actually cool. Before it didn't feel quite right because I wasn't quite right within myself. Yeah. But now that I'm like settled here, I'm like, okay, yeah, no, yeah. this is, I love it. Yeah. They're frustrating, but mm, whatever. <laughs> and then there's like T for T dating, which is a whole nother constellation <sighs> of joy. <laughs> truly a dream come true like yeah. the ultimate pairing yes yeah it's a good time it is um, a great time so for all of you trans people out there i hope you get to date another trans person at least once in your life it's pretty hecking majestic <laughs> there's a lot of things that you don't you just don't have to worry about really nice it's really cool. Let's talk about media representation because so often like seeing representation of what's possible is what opens doors and these possibility dreams for people. Dom, what do you think about the current transmasculine representation in media? Well, I think we have taken some huge steps and we have started to see a little bit more representation than we definitely have in past years, especially in like mainstream media. For example, Elliot Page, and there was a trans mask person who was on the reality show, Are You the One? Um, just small little things here and there. I still think we have leaps and bounds to go, especially because every trans mask representation I've seen thus far has been a trans mask white person. And while seeing that trans mask representation is great, coming from the same like photocopy of a person every time, it's not doing exactly what the community needs for it to do. Because the trans, the white trans mask experience is completely different than the non-white. And I'm half white, so I can speak to a little bit of each, but it's like night and day, essentially. I'm really looking forward to seeing more trans mask representation, but in order for that to happen, we got to get people who are confident in themselves, like in those positions where they can start auditioning for things and putting in their name for like reality shows and whatnot. And that is going to be tough considering the current climate and getting all of that exposure. It's going to change how you, how the person who's being represented, how they deal with social media. Yeah. Because once you start getting a little following as a gender diverse person, things get really weird. <laughs> Fast. It's, it's true. Very weird. Yeah. You need a secure moderation container. Like you can't do it by yourself. I think my little team is somewhere between five and 15 people on any given day of people watching stuff yeah. <laughs> to keep it safe-ish. Yeah, there, there is no 100% secure on a social media platform because it's always vulnerable to hate raids. It's mostly about how fast you respond and deal with it. all. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I totally agree with you that there needs to be more BIPOC trans masculine representation. I don't know if you caught, I think it was maybe two episodes ago when we had Atlas Phoenix on. I missed that one. So Atlas is a BIPOC trans masculine identified non-binary person who's post identity. Okay. So at points in their life, those words would have described them, but they don't really use any of those labels anymore, yeah. but they are making a documentary about being themselves. It's called beautiful yeah. boy, B O I. 
And oh. it's so cool. I can't wait to see that project come to fruition. But yeah, I want to see more projects like what Atlas is working on in the yes, world. Yes, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And um, I would love to see more authentic stories being told. Yeah. Because a lot of times I feel like the trans or the gender diverse story that's being told is often centered around tragedy or just like having a hard time overall. And it's, I would love to see a gender diverse person in a, a comedy where they're the comic relief. That would be incredible for me. Like just to, you know, see a trans person doing everyday trans stuff. Like yeah. I know. Instead of being the butt of the joke, like they're the right. one making the joke. Exactly. That would be yeah. awesome. That would be so like, awesome. I know when, when I was watching, are you the one Kai, who is the trans mask person on you? Are you the one season eight? Yeah. I got to watch him take his testosterone on live TV and I had never seen that before. So that was really cool. Seeing stuff like that is very important. The first time I saw someone take testosterone was like a trans guy friend. When I was in grad school, I had taken him for his top surgery and at some other point that year, he was like, hey, I have to do my job today. Do you want to see what that's like? And I was like, sure. And I was like, so honored that he included me in that. I had no idea I was trans at the time. He probably was like, <laughs> I have a sense where you're going. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's so cool. I'm thinking about some other trans mask representation that I've seen recently. The two that leap to mind are both from animated things that have come out. So there's, yes. what is it, Dead End Paranormal Park or something? Yes, And yes. the main character is a mm -hmm. white trans man, but again, white. And the other is there's this, what is it, Big Hero 6 has that Baymax like offshoot yes. little mini yes. animated shorts. And episode mm -hmm. three is about someone who gets their period. And there's one line that a trans guy has in the like tampon pad aisle and was like, I like these pads. And his shirt is, <laughs> I just saw it yesterday. His shirt is like trans flag. Yeah. And so very like obviously trans, not mm -hmm, like a mm -hmm. hint, like trans right. flag t-shirt. But he just had that one throwaway line and he was white too. There's no reason he had to be white. It was one line. Like <laughs> It was one line. He could have been any race. Yeah. So you're totally right that there is a lack of BIPOC transmasculine representation. It almost feels like media is trying to ease it in and they're like, oh, if we if we show that white people are trans, then maybe people will be a little bit more understanding. But it's like, come on, don't do that. If you're going to do it, go all the way. Mm -hmm. Give us actual representation of actual people. I want to see fat bodies. I want to see disabled bodies. I want to see people who speak different languages. But we got a long way to go for that. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. What do you think can be done to assure more intersectional representation in the future? That is going to be a joint effort. I think there's going to be a lot of things we got to do in order to see that. The first one being supporting people who are not white folks, only giving people who need the platforms that platform. So like, for example, like I have a decent amount of following on Twitter. There's no reason why I can't be constantly promoting BIPOC individuals because I have a large following of predominantly white trans folk. And there's no reason why they can't be giving the same amount of attention to their tweets as my tweets, because it, we're all tweeting the same sort of thing, just repeated essentially. So we're using trends, we're re recreating the trend and then just retweeting essentially. If yeah. we're, we notice someone who has a good post on social media or who's doing great things, why don't we share that? It's, I feel like there's this kind of old way of social media. I think this kind of was happening in like the 20, early, early 2010s, maybe like 2014, 2015 ish, where like everyone wanted a very clean looking profile. So no mm. one would retweet anything. It would just be all of them. Everything was very clean. 
The only issue with that is that you're, you have so much, you have so much of an audience, so much potential to uplift people who don't have that audience. So if we're, oh, I'll like it, but I'm not going to retweet it because I don't want my feed to get crowded. There's no point to that. And we just got to be a little bit more adamant about including BIPOC and fat, disabled, gender diverse, the folks who need that visibility. So the more visibility they get, the more likely they are to get picked up by a TV show or a manager or something like that. So I think it does start with the community itself. And then it ends up branching out to the public as a whole. And with the public, that's when it becomes a different kind of issue and a different story. That I think is going to be a lot of education. We got to do a lot of hard work, a lot of groundwork to make sure that people are understanding what intersectionality means in the first place. I think a lot of folks don't even really know what that means. Just to break that down in case you don't know, if if you are a feminist, a lot of folks say they are feminists. But if you are not including minority groups in your feminism, you're not including Black folks, you're not including Indigenous folks, fat folks, disabled folks, all those folks who need a voice more than the average white cis person, your feminism is not intersectional. Intersectionality means weaving all of those identities and understanding that there is not just one type of person. No one is a monolith. Everyone has so many different identities they can attach themselves to. And it's really important that folks understand that things aren't as black and white as they seem. Well, and not only including black folks, but also indigenous, Asian, et cetera, Hispanic, 100%. Latino, Latinx, yes. Yes. all of it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So we alluded to this a few minutes ago, but I want mm-hmm. to spend a little more time on the topic of what types of stigmas or hurdles are faced by transmasculine folks with a large following or audience? So for someone who's not a streamer, who doesn't know all the stuff that you and I go through or navigate, like, why is it hard to be us? <laughs> like, why is it hard to be content creator? Tell us more about that. With visibility, you gain visibility. So like, <laughs> it's you're getting an audience that you probably didn't have before because your content is reaching further places. So that means you're more prone to some hatred and folks are, get very brave on the internet because they don't have, they don't have anything to lose. So they're pretty ruthless. So when it comes to streaming, a lot of gender diverse folks deal with hate raids and follow bots and things of that nature. Essentially, people come up with tools to make your life harder as a gender diverse creator. I know with me and like my tweets personally, I've gotten to the point with on my Twitter where pretty much any tweet is warranted at least one to one to three hate messages. And that's if I'm actively watching because majority of on Twitter, they will hide replies, but it's still very common and very frequent. And I think a major issue is a lot of these social media platforms don't have any sort of protection in place or the reporting is maybe not so great. Like I know for myself on Twitter, whenever I report someone, I immediately get a message back right away from Twitter saying they didn't find an issue, Hmm. sometimes within the minute. So that's, it's a hard area where I feel like we need to figure out how to get in contact with these social media sites and figure out what they can do to help us. And if there's anything we can do to like give them a little bit more insight on what we're dealing with as well. Yeah. 
And the tricky thing there is that assumes that the platforms Isn't are motivated to, to do that because yeah. any engagement is engagement is from their yeah, perspective. Exactly. And so yeah. it's like whether you're creating something that's bringing a lot of hate out or love, like a post is a post, a comment is a comment. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like I, I just picked up again a series that I started back in April. It's Trans 101. It's it's explaining the most basic trans stuff to like allies and people who mean but really don't know stuff at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's going it has gotten and will continue to get more visibility than my regular content because most of my content is by trans people for trans people. Yeah. It's you understand where we're at. Let's go to the 201, 301, 401, 501. Let's talk masterclass gender stuff yeah. instead of yeah. like basic ABC baby stuff because yeah. I, that's what's interesting to me is let's right. get in there and dig around and look at the intersections yeah. of these multiple identities and what does gender mean there uh, but some people are like I don't know what this gender means and it's like, okay let's roll it back for you baby steps <laughs> but like that reaches to a broader audience right because basically everyone who understands language needs to understand the con those basic concepts and because the audience is bigger like it brings out a lot more hate and a lot more everything else i did two posts a few months ago and got some hateful stuff and i was like i don't have a good enough mod container for this yet oh i don't yeah. know so yeah. it's hard and i can't tell you how many people i've seen who are trans or bipoc or leftist or something mm -hmm. who just stopped making content because of yeah. how brutal the hate can get yeah, it, it gets takes, it gets pretty rough. Yeah. So if you you're watching or listening to, to this later, y'all, tell us we're doing a good job because a lot of the comments we read are not fun. So anytime you see Dom do a tweet, remind him how great he is. Oh, <laughs> that's very sweet. Yeah, it's uh, it does get a little bit rough coming and you're trying to do your best on a social media platform. For majority of my stuff, I try to tweet generally positive stuff. Sometimes I talk a little bit about some trans issues or gender diverse issues, but I'm trying to cultivate a platform that's really inclusive and welcoming and just like nice to be a part of. And it's hard to, when you're trying so hard to make sure you're doing your best and there's always something, there's always some, a comment that's always going to try to throw you off. And for me, it's just been learning when not to respond because not everything needs a response when to just mute or block or just totally disregard. I definitely use the hide replies option a lot on Twitter. If there's like any reply that's like even just a hint of a little off, I'll just hide it just for the sake of my followers, not even just for me. Cause I don't really want to have anyone else reading that. And it's, if it's directed at me, let's keep it that way. I don't need my followers being part of that. We have people in the Twitch chat saying that they love your tweets and how oh. great you are. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I agree. Dom, Dom, Dom does some bangers. Not only thank do you, you post those traps, but you post like really clever things. Thank you. And oh my gosh, you're so good at it. I just, I, ad I admire the heck out of your social media skills. I don't think I'm quite, I'm not at your level. I try, but it's tiring. Well, you know. It's a lot of work. I have been on Twitter for a very long time uh, <laughs> and just, I've always been really into social media. I used to be yeah. part of Stan Twitter, as they say. So I used to dedicate my life to like boy bands and stuff. So I've just gotten really used to the way social media works and the way mm -hmm. people interact with each other. And I've just used that to basically build myself up and it's been doing really great. I've, I'm on the up. I just reached 5k followers on Twitter and about to hit nice. 4k on TikTok as well. Yay. So 
yeah, it's working. I have, there's a method to the madness. <laughs> it totally is. It totally is. So let's talk a bit about building community. So yes. what has your journey in finding transmasculine community been like so far? I actually had never met a transmasculine person that I knew of in real life until I got my current job. I had seen plenty of us amongst the internet but I hadn't actually met someone in real life and just vibed with them and had a relationship with them. So it's been really hard for me to find community. I do live in California, but I was raised in an area that wasn't the most inclusive or accepting of LGBT plus identities. So moving to this new area has been a lot nicer because it is a lot more inclusive, but I'm still, you still struggle to find that community because we are pretty small percentage. And a lot of the folks, the trans folk that I have met around here are on the trans femme side of things or non-binary folk. So I, it's been a little bit hard with finding those masculine friends. So I just took myself to discord and I said, okay, I got to create a server because I need some buddies. I need someone to talk to about the things that I'm going through. And I can try to talk to trans femme or non-binary folks, but it's, if you don't really understand the true, the depth of being a trans mass person, unless you talk to another trans mass person who's dealing with the same thing. Yeah. So I created a discord server and got it going pretty quickly. And it's grown to about a hundred users in the server at this point. And a lot of folks have made friends, have mentioned that the server has helped them in so many ways. It's definitely helped me in a lot of ways. So the online community for me has been a huge deal. I really want to expand that to an in-person community, hoping to do that someday. Yeah. It, it took me until hearing you say that another time in the past to realize how lucky I was to have met trans masculine people, people have had top surgery, people who are on HRT. Like mm-hmm. before I realized I wasn't just non-binary, I wanted to also be on testosterone. It's, and I met those people in Berkeley, California, which is really heckin' gay. <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I feel like even in the most gayest parts, it's still a very small percentage. It is. Or, well, or, and, and, trans, or... and trans men pass really well. Yeah. 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 Because you're just like, oh, it's a small guy, but he's still a guy. Yeah. Whereas with, like, my wife is a trans woman. There's certain structural things that happen in your bones during puberty that no, you can't have enough surgery to make your feet smaller or your legs shorter. Right. Like, right. technically, maybe you could, but that would be very a lot. It would be a lot. It'd be not a good, I don't know. Dysphoria is a whole time. It's just, yeah. just more dangerous to try and adjust those types of things. So definitely. Yeah. I, your server is wonderful. If people wanted to join the server, how do they reach out to you and get in there? If you could just send me a message anywhere on social media, it would be fine. I usually respond better to Twitter DMs, but if I'm not following you, it won't let you DM me. So you can hit me mm-hmm. up on Instagram. Yeah. There you go. Yes. It's a lovely server. I've popped in a couple times, mostly to help can. me. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, <laughs> let me help you if you want it, yes. but only if yes. you want help. I no, you, help if you, don't you want seriously help. helped me so much with <laughs> setting up that server. And I awesome. saw how important it was. You had, yeah. there was so much energy around it when you first made it. You had 40 people in the first 24, 48 hours or something. You went from nothing to like kablam. And I was like, yes. oh heck, you need help right now. Yes, I did. Because oh, what happened initially was I tweeted about it and I was like, hey, I need community. Does anyone want to join a group message on Twitter? Yeah. I wasn't prepared <laughs> yeah. because I ended up getting two group messages, 40 and 40 um, so within the yeah. same day. 
So I, I ended up reaching out and saying, does everyone here have Discord? Because I had to split the group in half and I feel like that kind of sucks. We ended up just making the server same day and trying to build it up as much as we can. And now we've got it to a place where it's nice and safe. We got tons of channels and it's just a good time. Yeah. And as a reminder to folks, go follow Dom socials and then you can send those DMs and get added to that if you're transmasculine. Totally. But it is limited to transmasculine and trans male identified folks. So if you're trans feminine or non-binary, but don't consider yourself transmasculine. Yeah. So when I uh, invite folks, I usually say everyone is welcome if you are gender diverse, 18 plus Mm -hmm. and vibe with masculinity. So you can be non-binary if you vibe with masculinity. That's Mm -hmm. totally fine. You're totally welcome. Yeah. I love that. Thanks for phrasing it the way that you do it. I've sent that message so many times. (laughs) That's fair. That's totally fair. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I love your server. It's so nice. Thank you. Nick, what were some of your first transmasculine experience? Oh, goodness. So I, (laughs) when I was younger, I had a lot of, I had a lot of issues inside of me as one does. And I actually was, I was catfishing on the internet for about probably like four or five years. I don't know when I started doing it, probably around 12 or 13 years old, but it was like a fashion website, like a, like you create a person and put clothes on them and you land your chat rooms or something. But I like decided I'm going to be a boy because I feel like I can, I'm really good at being a boy. And I think, I think it's believable. I think people will like it. They'll enjoy it. It was all going through my mind at that time. I, yeah, I ended up doing that for quite some time. Had a few girlfriends in that time as well, who thought I was someone that I wasn't. And that was my first major transmasculine experience because I was literally online. I was fully a man and in person I was not. And it was, it was very eye opening because I always had so much more fun when I was a man. I think that was one of the first times I realized, okay, maybe something is not quite right here. And I know initially I thought, oh, I guess I'm just lesbian. I figured that out eventually too. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) So when you say catfishing, you mean your online persona was not the same as you? Correct. Or were you looking for a certain other person? No, my online persona was not myself. Yeah. My name was Josh. I chose like the most basic name. Yeah. And I was... Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I was You're a like, dude. I was just it. joshing. I'm not that person, but actually you were. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was doing the whole uh, guy with the Bieber hair type of thing. Cause that was really Bieber popular hair. at the time. And when we say Bieber hair, we mean the swooshy back yeah. in the day, the original Bieber hair. <laughs> the OG Bieber. Yeah. Cause he's had a lot of hairstyles now. Some the that les- have been horrible. The lesbian hair, the Bieber Correct. lesbian hair. Yeah. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> Yeah, I pulled it off really. No one, no one found out until, until I think Kick or WhatsApp came around, and it ended up connecting my phone number, and someone Uh-oh. made the connection. Yeah, bro. Your friend Butch Twig says, "How dare you mention Bieber?" <laughs> I did it just for you, Butch Twig. For you, Butch. Tw- oh my gosh! Had to sneak it in there. Yeah, a little extra Bieber <laughs> side of Bieber. <laughs> There's no escaping the Biebs. Come on. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, gosh, I'm having so much fun in this conversation. Yeah, me too. What advice would you, do you have for younger transmasculine or trans male identified folks? Yeah, I would say really take the time to get to know yourself. Obviously everyone has their own timeline of like when they're coming out and when they're able to start tea and when you're able to do the things that you really want to do for yourself. But yeah, just, I think just don't be in a rush. 
don't compare yourself to others because that never, that's never good in any aspect, but especially in your transition, everyone is going to react to, if you're planning on taking testosterone, everyone's going to react to the tea differently. Take a huge amount and not see the results you want. You could take a small amount and see like huge results. It's just your body and everyone's composition is different. Yeah. So I would say those main two points, take your time and don't compare. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and also try to find community as fast as possible. <laughs> community really helps. Yes. It super does. Yeah. So have you ever heard of the Stealth Transmasculine podcast? Yes. So good. I got to interview them two weeks ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I was I think I was looking so on that stream. I think you did. Yeah. Yeah. I have it has helped me so much to hear those stories. Not because I was comparing, but because it was like normalizing the diversity of yeah, transmasculine experience absolutely. for me. And to hear, oh, these are all the ways it could go. Fascinating. Especially from older trans folk as well. Yeah. And yeah. seeing how much things have improved over time. Yeah. Because sometimes so, it doesn't feel like so it. Ruby Scoops Day in the chat says, don't compare is such good advice in every aspect. Big agree. <laughs> yes. Big agree. Also, hi, Ruby. <laughs> hi, Ruby. We love you. So glad you're yes. here. Okay. So... I want to talk about some future projects that we have coming up. So we're talking yeah. about trans representation and it turns out we're on a team together. Hey, yeah, we are <laughs> doing some shenanigans. So I thought we could take a few, maybe two or three questions about that just to talk about it. it. So I've definitely described the team enough times. Maybe you could. What is Gender Federation? So Gender Federation is a gender diverse stream team. And our goal is to help folks with gender confirmation surgeries. So we are a, our primary goal is to fundraise for them through crowdfunding. Mm -hmm. And we are just trying to build a team that is able to both represent our community well and also get money for our community because it's so very needed. And the reason that we're focusing on gender confirmation surgeries is because we feel that for someone who is really wanting and needing that surgery, having that is life-changing and for the better. I know for me personally, ever since I had my top surgery, I have been so much more confident. I felt like I'm truly myself. I'm happy. I really don't have those bad, dysphoric days anymore. It just made a huge difference. And we really want people to be able to feel that if that's what they want and need. So yeah. our goal is to be able to do that for people. Yeah. I love that. You did such a good job. Thank you. <laughs> I was nervous. <laughs> you, did, you did great. You did great. You did great. Thank you. So what are the goals of Gender Federation? You mentioned some of it, but yeah. if you could summarize, what would you say? If I could summarize, I would say creating impact uh, through inclusion and diversity and intersection intersectionality mm -hmm. for gender diverse people in need. Yeah. That was a fun sentence. I liked you did that. it. You did so good. Yeah. Something that I would love to mention or add to what you're sharing about it is a lot of fundraising that you see on Twitch is for charities and nonprofits, which is definitely helpful in the ways that it's helpful. Yes. The difference between that and direct mutual aid is you can spend the money on things that charities can't spend the money on. Correct. So for example, if someone needs to hire a trainer to lose weight before they can qualify for surgery. If someone needs to pay for a hotel room to stay in after their surgery because their surgeon is in the state next door. Right. If someone needs gas to get there, if someone right. needs like food to eat while they're recovering, if they need some income to make up for all the money they're going to lose taking all that time off work, all Big of time. that stuff 
isn't yes. tax deductible as right. far as I know. If you're yeah. a lawyer and you want to tell me different, please do if we need your help. But as far <laughs> as I know, like a charity can't hand you that money for that purpose. They right. could, they can help with other stuff. They can do like medical debt relief or what have you, but like all of the collateral and so many right. people don't think about all of these other pieces that go into it. And yeah. it's a more holistic approach. Yeah. And we don't ever touch the money. It goes from right. the viewer directly to the recipient. To the so we're not taking a cut. We're not, touching it which also means we don't have to deal with the taxes on it which is great love it <laughs> it's easy for us um, yeah another yeah. thing i think people don't really realize is that even if your surgery is covered like if you have insurance and you get your surgery for a relatively good price like i did i had to take a lot of time off of work yeah and did. so much so that i actually ended up becoming houseless yeah so there's a huge impact so you, you're getting a surgery it's a big deal yeah. And so there's a lot of aftermath from that, like getting your medical supplies, making sure you have housing because you have food, you have a caretaker who can help you get this stuff off the top of shelf. Yeah. Wash your hair. <laughs> Everything. Yeah. Wash it. Oh God. <laughs> I could still smell the smell. <laughs> no. That's gross. Memory is seared in forever. <laughs> like a week of no showering or three or so. <laughs> it was so gross. Uh, becoming this handsome is hard. But we're it doing is. it. It's very hard. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Dom, for those who are listening to this and want to help out, yeah. what are Gender Federation's current needs? Okay. We got a lot of them. We do. First and foremost, it's you know, we need to build our team. So mm -hmm. we have a small foundation that we've already started, but we have a lot of positions that we still need help filling. So if that's something that you're interested in, if you have some time to spare, obviously don't push yourself. If you don't have the time, please don't do it. But if you have the time to spare, we would love that. We also are going to eventually need streamers and we're also going to need folks to donate money to. Yeah. <laughs> so there's quite a few things that we need. And then just getting the word out is our, probably our number one need. Yeah. We really need folks to be excited about this so we can start reaching folks who maybe would be interested in contributing and being part of the team. So even just a boost heading over the Gender Federation socials and just boosting the first tweet on the top, it's a huge deal for us. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to remember my command for this. Maybe I have that bot turned off. It's very possible. But yeah, I agree with you. So as you said, there's some volunteer positions available. They're yes. all volunteer. Because yes. again, our goal is to keep the money in the pockets of the people who are seeking the Correct. surgeries. So Correct. It's all volunteer. But that also means even though the volunteer positions look extremely very fancy, anyone with basic skills and willingness to try is welcome yeah. to come try with us. Because we're all just trying. If you know how to trying. Google, we'll take. <laughs> if you've got willingness and yes. a device to use to participate, come on down. <laughs> Agreed. It's, yeah, it's so good. So I have my last two questions that I also like to ask all of my guests, but if y'all in the chat, if any of you have any questions for the ask me anything portion, this is your moment to shine, your remind that ask us the things. So, so Dom, you share an experience with gender euphoria, a time that you felt really affirmed in your gender. Yes. This one's a kind of funny one and a little bit weird, but it was like, it was, it shook me so much because I didn't see it coming. So I was, I was speaking with a coworker about men's hygiene in the public restrooms. And I was saying, yeah, I've learned so much things about using the men's room. Like y'all never wash your hands. And my coworker <laughs> said, y'all, you mean us, we don't wash our hands. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I do wash my hands, but you're right. I should have said we, because it's true. 
or I should have specified cis men don't wash your hands, but just like having another person who like, I, who I'm not super close to confirm my gender by reminding me that I am my gender was so interesting to me and mm. I'll never forget it. That's a fun story. Yeah. We don't wash our hands. We're disgusting. Okay, but men's restrooms are so gross. They're so nasty. Why? It's because their mothers aren't there to tell them what a gross boy they're being. <laughs> it's the only place they can just not give a shit. I think if all the men had to clean up the bathrooms that they used, they would probably... That'd be a different story, yeah. Better. I think so, too. Yeah. The patriarchy. Yeah. I shake totally. my hairy fist at you, the <laughs> The hairy fist. <laughs> hairy fist of frustration. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but I would say that story and then also mm-hmm. just I would this is a classic getting your bandages off after top surgery. Mm-hmm. There's no feeling quite like that. The literal weightless chest. I and still the almost passing out, but like feeling good about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, that's a lot of information in my brain. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I still remember the first time I got to garden shirtless. I don't remember if I texted you or messaged you I about think, it. Yeah, I remember you I telling me about that. Yeah. But yeah. it was like, it was so majestic. Like yeah. I even remember moving into the house I'm in now and it was really hot. It was April, but it was a hot day in April. And I was like carrying boxes and I couldn't, I could not with my shirt anymore. So I just took it off. I just took it off and I carried boxes down and the neighbor kids wandered over and they were like, they had no idea what my gender was and just shirtless, yeah. no nipples, flat chested, nice. like curvy hips, hairy, like who Love is it. this person? <laughs> and the neighbor kids still can't figure out my pronouns. They'll he, him, me instead of they, them, but it's better than she, her. So they know it's something, not she. Okay. They're still working on the they, but... We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, yeah that's the, the, the trans mask urge to rip off your shirt the second you walk into your door. Yeah. yeah. Why do you think most of my shirts have buttons down the middle? I can just... Oh, yeah. The, the snappy <laughs> buttons. Snappy buttons. I'll just rip it. Rip open the buttons. Have sleeves. No totally. shirt in the middle. Just sleeves. <laughs> yeah. I used to be such a blanket and a sweater person. Uh-huh. Oh my God. I can't, I don't use blankets. Don't use sweaters anymore. I can't all sweat so hard. I used to bring blankets to the bar because I was, now I go and I'm like in a short and t-shirt, 65 degrees outside. I'm like, Oh, it's hot. (laughs) Yeah. And the tea makes me warmer. I don't know about you, but yeah, I feel like my core body temperature has just been slid up. Big, Big time. Yeah. Yeah. Even it's 60 eight degrees in my house with the air conditioner running and with all these lights I'm like sweating in my chair oh I'm definitely sweating right now (laughs) and poor wife is like a shirt a jacket and slippers in the other room it's part of the process time it's a time if we want to be hot on the outside we've got to be hot on the inside too that's right oh gosh we have a comment in the chat it says I wish we didn't have gendered restrooms at all stalls diaper changing stations and menstrual product dispensers for everyone that would be incredible it's true we waste so much room on putting walls between the men's and women's bathrooms, like have a centralized hand washing station and stalls for everyone. No more urinals because they're gross anyways and people don't clean them. And there you are. Did it. I did see a post the other day about it was a restroom that was the signs were based on what was inside the restroom, not the person. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. That's it's you're getting somewhere. <laughs> There's a long way to go, but it's yeah, 
It's not the ideal. You're still but trying. also, you know what else every restroom needs is at least one, if not more, big enough stalls for people in wheelchairs to get in there and use them. Agreed. The big power Agreed. chairs. And also you know, changing tables. Because dads yeah. have diapers to change too. I'm saying. So I'm we also saying. just need free menstrual products everywhere. Yeah. yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. And now we need free condoms everywhere too. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, while you're at it, just throw in some condoms. <laughs> just all of those all together. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. The world. We're just going to, we're going to tackle one problem at a time. Yeah. There's so many problems <laughs> to tackle. Okay. So my last question for you, unless we have yes. one from the chat. Yes, I agree with you that we need Sharps containers for folks with diabetes or taking their testosterone or estrogen. I still don't know where to take my extra Sharps containers. Yeah. I have three of them now. And the city that I'm near, they literally like only take like donations of Sharps on Tuesdays at 10. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Stuff Mm -hmm. to do with all the needles figured out. Yes, please. Oh. Dom, what would you like to make sure folks know about your perspective on gender and non-binary or trans-related issues? I would just like folks to know that my perspective is my perspective. Bottom line. So there's probably a lot of things that I talk about that a lot of people don't really agree with, and that's totally fine. I do invite open conversation. As long as everyone's being respectful, I think it's really great, and I've learned a lot from a lot of people. But yeah, I would just say I everyone's different, and my perspective is probably completely different than even GM's perspective. Just kind of keep that in mind when you're meeting other gender diverse folks that we're not the same. Yeah. None of us are the same. We're not a monolith. We got one thing in common, and it's that we're gender diverse. That's just right about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything else. Shrugging pregnant man emoji. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. So yeah. fun. Dom, um, thanks so much for being on the show. Do you want to tell us about your different things in your link tree? What projects you're working on, where we can find you, how is. we can support you, all of that? Totally. Yeah, my I would say Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok are all great places to find me. My most of my handles are all trans guy energy. Except for TikTok, it is trans mask energy because someone stole my name. But yeah, definitely give me a follow on there. I am planning on coming back to Twitch soon. I just got to get a PC going. My laptop cannot handle the power that is Twitch. And then, yeah, I would just keep up with my social media. I have a thread that is pinned on my Twitter right now of non-white gender diverse folks who need some money right now. If you can look into that, scroll down and start boosting those tweets, that would be awesome. And giving your money. Yes, I'm giving your money, please. (laughs) So something else you can do, I just dropped Trans Guy Energy's Ko-Fi in the chat. If you've enjoyed this conversation, you can give him a tip on Ko-Fi. You can contribute to the Nick getting a computer fund (laughs) on (laughs) Ko-Fi. His handsome face can grace Twitch once more. Awesome. I would love to come back. Yeah. I'm ready. Oh my gosh. Okay, we do have one more question, it looks like. I don't know who asked this, but someone asks, how long have you been on testosterone? Oh, that's a great question. So in two days, I'll be celebrating one year on testosterone. So by the time this publishes on YouTube, it'll have been two days ago. True. (laughs) That's so exciting. Yes, I am taking injectable testosterone, and I am so happy with what the results that I've seen so far. Just so much happier already. Can't wait to see the rest. (laughs) That's so good. I'm so excited. Dom, it's been such a pleasure to have you here on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I've been wanting to do this for a while. Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. Okay. 
So everyone, it's time to start wrapping up. So just so you know, next week's guest is going to be TF Wright, who you've seen me play one of their games on stream already. And we're going to be talking about queer game design. So writing trans characters into video games, writing other gender diverse and other types of diversity into games, which, you know, is exactly this representation sort of thing that we've been talking about. So that is what's coming up next week. For now, Genderful would like to thank our guests for being on this podcast. Feel free to join us live on Twitch on Mondays, check out the replays on YouTube on Fridays, and keep an eye on your favorite podcasting platforms for edited audio-only versions. As Neverkitty says, trans rights are human rights. That's right. Thank you.